Blues, Anchored in Hope, from Ferdinand Beach, St. Michael's Church in Florida. And it's pretty sunny today. It's been very nice. I've been here doing a parish mission these last days. Uh, tonight's the last day of my mission down here. And um, it's been going quite well. If you are in the Jackson Jacksonville uh, area, tonight's the last night. Tonight we focus on healing and adoration and committing your life to God, what it means to be a saint. Um, We've had a great crowd every night, great people. Um, so, as always, every time I'm a new place, it's so we don't have the introduction and all that stuff. We're in a different office, but it's a beautiful office here, huh? With the crucifix behind me and the guardian angels and all the stuff. It's been great. So anyway, one of the biggest things I encourage you to do, because I don't have, uh, I have a couple emails here, um, but... If you want to ask me any kind of questions, that's what you do on the side here, or it'll be on the bottom here with me. I don't know exactly how it's going to work with my thing here, but we will see. So the first thing that we are going to do is pray. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, Father, great God of love and mercy, hear us as we come before you. Send your Holy Spirit upon us that we may know you, love you, and serve you in this world so one day we may live with you forever in heaven. Help us to grow more in love with you, more in love with Jesus, more in love with the Holy Spirit. Help us to get caught up in this great community of love. Help us to please you in all things, Father. We beg you these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph. Pray for us in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so again, I am down in um, Ferdinand Beach, Ferdinand Beach, in outside of, uh, it's on Amelia Island, outside of Jacksonville, Florida, doing a parish mission at St. Michael's Church. Fantastic place down here, fantastic people. So, um, Again, it's good. I almost didn't uh, make it on today because I had a doctor's of a video call right before and it wasn't supposed to start till 3 o'clock. And I'm thinking, oh dear, how are we going to do this? So I had two different things going on. But the doctor got on early. It was a parishioner, very good. And we got done about five minutes ago so I could breathe again. So uh, there you go. Again, just to sit there and get updates here, people are always asking about my mother. And to give you a little bit of update on my mother, that um, she's in the hospital at uh, Mercy Hospital in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, I saw her before I came here. She was brought back to the emergency room on Sunday. Uh, she fell again at the new place that she was at. Uh, again, had a brain bleed. She spent most of the day on Sunday in the emergency room. So I got to spend about two and a half hours with her before my sister came in. And uh, <coughs> you had a nice meeting you, Dolores. I remember meeting you yesterday. It was very good. Um, and so, uh, but she's consistently went downhill. We're trying to get her another place, but we don't even know. So they called me about palliative care for my mother. And um, of course, they didn't want to put a feeding tube in her because my mother has stopped eating. You know, even though she's feisty and she can't eat, 
but she refuses. You know, she's 80 years old, and I ask her on Sunday, Mom, you want to die? And she goes, no. And I says, well, you got to eat. Um, so they've looked at, you know, putting her on that medical uh, marijuana, cannabis, because that can get people to eat, but not all people, but that's at least a step if that would work. We're looking at that. But then we're talking about a feeding tube. And so um, they're kind of fighting me on the feeding tube. But at the same time, uh, that's nourishment. That's ordinary care to give her. I don't want her to starve to death. Um, so we'll see. I could ask you to continue prayer. Her feet are real big now. She's still in the hospital. Um, so we don't know. She's in God's hands. And, uh, um, you know, it just causes me stress. Sometimes people sit there and say, you know, like uh, if you watched my mass last Sunday, I was... Very stressful at the end. And it wasn't just because the parish stuff and mass stuff and all the people would go back and forth. It's just, you know, this has been happening with my mother intensity in the last three weeks or so. And so it's one thing when you're not a celibate and you have people around you, it's going to help you out. But when you are a celibate, you know, I have all you people, they're praying for me, but it's not the same as, you know, going through. I get to talk to my sister um, and... She has to deal with this the most, and I'm away, you know, so it's, it's, it's just a hard reality. And I think you always got to remember that all those things, I mean, when you look at Jesus, especially this last week um, with the daily readings, how he sighed and everything else that, you know, Jesus had uh, emotions, and when he was at the last, uh, um, you know, Garden of Gethsemane, it wasn't all you know, joy and everything else, that we all go through these times and we all, uh, you know, cling to Jesus and do the best we can. But uh, sometimes it gets, gets, you know, hard, that's all. Like with every one of you, we're all in this humanity thing together. So I appreciate your prayers. Again, anyway, so we talk about, um, we focus on the whole point of um, hope and what hope is about. So I encourage you that uh, you can ask some questions, put them in the comments. And I got my uh, cell phone here, which will also help. And uh, one of the first things is, uh, is the Holy Land trip still on? Oh, you betcha. So, um, and the Holy Land trip is uh, going to be May 10th of next year. So 2023, you can go to... Um, just put Father Larry Richards, the Holy Land, in Google, and it'll take you to Select International. It's a 10-day trip. It's going to be with a buddy of mine, John Edwards, um, great speaker, uh, great guy. Um, and so uh, he's really going to be the one coordinating it, and I'll be the spiritual director, so I don't have to coordinate it. <laughs> so that's the whole thing. I'll still be the one that says Mass and preach every day and be on the bus with you and do all these things uh, but I don't have to coordinate, which is uh, the best thing ever. Anyway, so it's a, it's a 10-day trip, and it's going to be all throughout the Holy Land. This will be my third time there. The Holy Land is fantastic. If you've never been to the Holy Land, you want to go. You don't have to be afraid of anything over there um, any more than anywhere else. So I encourage you, if you're interested, just go put into Google Father Larry Richards and the Holy Land, or you can go to our website, The Reason for Our Hope, and there's stuff on there, and it's, uh, uh, you know, they have the best hotels, they have great food, we have uh, the group we go with, if we get the same, uh, I already asked for the, uh, 
the tour guide who is fantastic, George. Oh my gosh, he's unbelievable. He actually uh, grew up, he's one of the few Christian tour guides over there, and he actually uh, would sleep in the Holy Sepulchre as a kid. He actually grew up in the in Jerusalem, the old Jerusalem. And so it's so funny when you sit there and think he actually slept and he showed me the place in the Holy Sepulchre, the church of the Holy Sepulchre, where he would sneak in and sleep during that during the night. And now he's a deacon and he's fantastic. So I encourage you if you're interested to go and look it up. Um, it's a great, a great thing. So just so you know, yes, we're still on, and we're going to have a fine time, so everybody's welcome to come. Please bring some warm weather back. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? I uh, hear it's pretty warm in here. I just saw there might be storms coming, and I said, I don't need any storms on flying back tomorrow, so pray we don't have storms. Uh, so it's an easy flight back after the last two weeks when I was there. I don't need the stress. So again, uh, we'll see. Uh, here we go. Pray for your mother eats and God gives you the strength to deal with whatever happens. Again, I'm just, I just keep saying to God, you know, the most important prayer that we could all pray is your will be done. That my, uh, the God of the universe loves my mother. He loves me. He loves my family. And he who is in charge of all life, that he will take care of her. It's just a, like an act of, uh, an act of trust in the God who loves us and gave his life for us. So, uh, again, no matter what happens, it's still hard, but there's still, you can trust God even in the midst of the struggles, okay? So, um, Chris, Joel's trying to see if I can go. My 10-year anniversary is coming, is during that trip. Tell Jim she should go. Exactly. Because uh, one of the places we get to go is the uh, Cana, you know, at the wedding feast of Cana. So, it'd be a great place to renew your... Uh, your vows or have a blessing as the the last time i was there i actually married a couple in the which was a big pain <laughs> to do all the paperwork but we had a great wedding there in the um in in cana it's a great place so it'd be a great place to renew your vows too so and money is an issue of course it's always an issue you know honest to goodness the money uh it's not a bad price at all for all the stuff you get including airfare, including 10 days, most meals, it's fantastic. So, um, here we go. Storms will be done in Pittsburgh. There you go. The, how many people travel in a group? It all depends. Uh, uh, last time we had two busloads, which was too much. You know, so usually one busload about, um, and each bus will hold about 50 people. Um, but if we do two, then like I would switch from bus to bus is what we did last time. And, um, but again, it's, uh, you get to spend time and, you know, again, I don't know, like when people travel with me, I'm not a typical type in the fact that we do very holy and spiritual things during the day at all the places, on the bus, everything else. But at night, those who want, we just go and uh, sit in the bar and have a drink. You know? So again, if that would be like, uh, scandalous to you then you don't want to come on this trip with me because again um we do both we have fun and we're very spiritual and i think that uh that's the way i've always been it's the way i've always been my priesthood and that's the way i am when i'm on trips and everything else so we have uh we have great fun or like when i was just in italy when we took the tour 
Like every day they were going crazy with me because I'd have a song for everything there was. And they're, oh, they're going to have a song for that too. Yep. And so, again, it's a great time. Okay, since your bad experience last week on your trip from Dallas to Atlanta, was it hard to board a plane again? It wasn't. It was just like, because last week, right after I got to Atlanta, I had to fly up to Pittsburgh. And even that wasn't uh, bad. And, um, you know, again, because we were on the, the ground, it wasn't as bad. It's just, um, you know. When you fly a lot, these things happen, but I still don't like turbulence or anything else. But I still, I mean, it's not like I uh, go crazy over it, but if I had my druthers, I would not, uh, uh, I always like nice and smooth. A lot of times I just fall asleep either way. So, uh, but again, I'm going to be here this, uh, I'll be back in my parish all this week. I have a lot to do in the parish. And then next Saturday, I'm going to be down in Tampa, Florida for a men's conference. This will be my... Uh, I think fourth time I'm going to be in Tampa for their men's conference, um, which I didn't know how I ended up doing that. Usually I only go back every three to five years, or usually five years. But I don't know, but I'll be back there. So if you're on the opposite end or the other side and down farther south in Florida and you're, and you're a man, come here next Saturday. Uh, I'll be down there for the conference. I'm usually one of the first speakers in the morning so I can get out of there and get back to my parish on time for Sunday Mass. And then um, once Lent starts, then I'm going to be up in, um, oh, you'll have to see, but in Indiana, um, doing a parish mission again up there. So you can always find out where I'm going to be at my website. Uh, and then when you get to the reason for our hope.org and it says meet Father Larry and it says upcoming talks, it'll give you all the places I'm going to be. Okay. How do we reconcile the two ideas? Woe to you who are rich. You've already received your comfort in providing a good life for my wife and four kids and a big house in the suburbs. And da da da. Well, I talked about that last week. Uh, I encourage you to listen to my homily on Sunday because. The whole point of all of this stuff is nothing should uh, own you. You should own things. You should always, I say, you have nothing to worry about if you're tithing, meaning that you're giving to God what belongs to God. And so what belongs to God? Everything you have belongs to God. And yet he makes a deal with us. He says, let's make a deal. You can, uh, everything I have, everything you have is from me. So you can keep 90%. Give me 10 off the top. And then you can then do with whatever uh, God's blessing you with because you're putting him first. So when it comes to money, you get, take care of the poor, you take care of uh, the church, whatever. You know, and I always tell people when they join my parish, you got to tithe. I don't care if you give a dime to the church. Well, I do care, but I ain't going to tell you to do that. But I'm going to tell you that you have to give back to God what belongs to God. And if you do, God will bless you so you never have to worry about anything else. If you don't give to God what is God, then you're trying to be the God of your own life. So he'll say, okay, let's see how you do with that. And a lot of times we're always living in fear um, that we'll never have enough. If you trust in God, you'll always have enough. Again, where I am now in um, uh, Fernando Beach, Florida, I mean, the people here live in very nice homes. It's a, it's a beautiful place. I mean, there are a lot of million-dollar homes around here. It's beautiful, right on the ocean. Um, it's beautiful. So, of course, these people have great hope for salvation uh, as long as they're doing and giving to God what belongs to God and they're living His will. 
So I think that the biggest thing you always got to be looking at here isn't just listening to the scripture there, but bringing that, and like I told my people, I want you to pray about this with Jesus. What is Jesus asking you to do? And then do whatever he tells you. But I think as long as you're being generous and you're giving to God what belongs to God and you're being generous whenever God asks anything of you, then you don't have to worry if you live in a nice house and uh, have a nice car or have, like, I was with my buddy the other day and he has a, a Tesla. And um, I don't like Teslas, I don't think. And then I was in and I go, oh, I like a Tesla. And I says, how much is this? And it wasn't much uh, uh, different because it was one of those C things. And I thought, holy cow, um, Tesla 3, I think it is, or Tesla 3. I don't know. But anyway, it was a nice car. So in no way do I think that, okay, you're driving a Tesla, you can't go to heaven. Well, you're driving a Tesla and you're taking care of the poor and you're giving to God what belongs to God, then you don't have to worry. As long as you realize that everything's gift and you do what you can to, you know, you have to take care of your family. I mean, you're a provider. That's what you do. You know, even when we talk about Jesus, St. Joseph was probably, they were probably middle class, not poor but middle class because he was a worker and he was like a construction worker. He's a, a jack of all trades. And so uh, you just got to always make sure you're doing God's will. Okay. That's the best way to bring balance. I think uh, with things will go. Okay. So I hope that helps. Honky tonk. So blessed to be participating in your Florida mission live stream. Oh, it's good. You're doing a live stream. You can, uh, and it's been good. On fire, I hope so. Honest to goodness, sometimes, uh, um, like last night, honest to goodness, what a blessing last night was. There was, I can't tell you how many people had not been to confession in 50 years. And the other priests, we had eight priests here, and they came up to me and they waited, which doesn't always happen, but they waited for me after I was done my last confession. And they came up and says, thank you, Father Larry, keep doing what you're doing, because a lot of people... There were fantastic confessions and people hadn't been to confession in 50 years. And I said, see, and that's how I test to see whether uh, uh, a mission, uh, what the fruit of the mission is. So if people haven't been to confession, a lot of people over 40 years, I mean, it was unbelievable. And they finally come back and they finally confess things they've never confessed before. Even though my passion talk, which is very strong, and then when I do my examination, it's kind of like I say, no kids there. There was two sisters there the other day, and they said, sister, one sister said, sister, uh, father, you should have warned us. And I go, I know. But if I figured that, uh, I said no kids there, if it was going to be, because again, the reason I say that is because we explicitly talk about uh, sexuality, and I do it in a fun way so people aren't crushed. Often we come off and... Uh, we talk about our sins in such a way that people um, can't go on. And so I do it in a way so people can finally confess sins. And so sometimes um, people look at me and they say, oh, I think that's crude. And I says, uh, well, you're not hearing confessions. And I need to get these people to, uh, to finally go to confession. And again, by your fruit you shall know them. And so people that haven't been in confession in 50 years, 52 years, 40 years, um, that's good fruit. Not because of me, because of the Holy Spirit, of course, but that's how you know whether it's what I'm doing is of God or what I'm doing is not of God. Um, that's about the easiest I can say. Julia, hi, Julia, is there or will there be teaching within the Catholic Church about uh, 
how to disagree respectfully with others, with clergy, or even with the church at large. Well, um, it seems that there's a sentiment in our culture that if we disagree with people or institutions, it gives them the right to be super mean. <laughs> That's true. Part of what's happening is the synod is trying to hear every perspective in the church. Um, and so I'd encourage you, if you, they will have listening sessions, they should be in the midst of listening sessions now so that people can, so you can share and all that stuff. They're doing that all around the world. And uh, that's going to be very helpful. Um, but again, I just think, you know, the scriptures deal with how people uh, treat each other meanly and disagree. And they say it's not of God. And that's why again and again, when people are just nasty in the name of God, we know that uh, they're not reading the word of God and they're not being obedient to God's word. And so, and so sometimes when I say something like that, those uh, people will say to me, um, well, Father, you can get uh, crazy and go off and different things. And they go, yep, and when I'm doing that, I'm not of God. Huh? You know, I'm, I'm sinning. Uh, can you imagine? Um, so, Again, that's part of it, but God's calling us to be uh, um, loving of each other, uh, respectful of each other. And I think that's, you have to at least listen to what the other person's saying. And when you listen, you know, again, is, uh, that means that we're listening to what they're saying. And we're not trying to immediately debunk everything they're saying, because that way we're not listening. We're listening to ourselves how we can uh, uh, beat that person and uh, get them in submission. And I just think God is calling us to just listen to each other, but be bold in proclaiming his word, proclaiming his truth. But the boldness is that God is love, that God gives away his life for others. He gives away his life for you. And the boldness is now you got to go and do the same. You understand? <laughs> you know, you got to give up your life every day for others too. That's the, that's the boldness of it. It's giving up your life. It's costing you something to follow Jesus Christ. And it should be costing your life, not just everybody hates you because you're uh, constantly uh, speaking what you believe to be truth, but you're not doing it in love. Well, of course, people are going to hate you. And uh, again and again, the scriptures say in the New Testament, uh, speak the truth in love, speak the truth in love, speak the truth in love. So we got to speak the truth in love, period. That's what Jesus did. And that doesn't mean he was always uh, gentle. In fact, a lot of times he wasn't, but he spoke the truth in love wanting to do everything in his power to get people in heaven. And the way you can tell if you're speaking the truth in love is that you're, like Jesus proved, he was speaking the truth in love by dying for the people's sins. Huh? And so we fast for people's sins. We uh, give our life for them. We're doing everything. Because, again, the purpose of all of our speaking should always be about bringing people to Jesus Christ. That's the whole point of doing what we do to bring people into a living, loving relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, uh, again, and so all these years, if I just sit there and yell and scream at people, guess what? They're not coming into a living, loving relationship with Jesus Christ. They're walking away from Jesus Christ. So what do I got to do to bring them to Jesus? So once they get to know Jesus, surrender their life to Jesus, and follow him as disciple, then Jesus can tell them what he wants them to do. But again, sometimes we just love to um, force rules on people, commandments on people who have never experienced the love of God. 
And you've got to experience the freedom of Jesus before you hit them with commandments. So uh, that's just an important reality. That's the way Jesus dealt with things and has to be the way we deal with things. Okay, hope that helps. Jesus did both. Yep, FYI, Select International is offering $350 off per person if you sign up for the Israel trip by either today or tomorrow. Well, there you go. So if you sign up for the Israel trip, uh, $350 off today or tomorrow. Part two. Boy, honky-tonk, you have part two question now. Here we go. Um, saving for the future. My children pray, read the Bible, and donate their allowance to charity. Give it to me, good father. I think that's very, very good. Again, um, like I wouldn't tell the kids that they have to give all their uh, stuff to charity, but to give part of it so they can also, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that God gave us life to enjoy life too. Because if he just gave us life to suffer, that's a miserable God, you know. He wants us to be joyful forever. And so our time on life, we learn to give away our life for others, but he still wants us to enjoy life. Like this morning, I got to walk over and I did my walk and I was saying my rosary and my Divine Mercy Chaplet as I walked along the beach here. And it was beautiful and the, the waves were coming in and I was just so, after all this stress in my life, it was just so peaceful and so um, enjoyable as I was with the Lord and walked with the Lord and talked with the Lord, but also uh, was just so grateful for all the, the, the nature around me. There's something that I love about uh, water. You know, that's why I say when I retire, I'm gonna have to be around water. I've always said I'm gonna retire in San Diego, like I said earlier, but I'm thinking, oh, maybe something like this. Because, uh, you know, again, as I was walking today on the beach, when I'm in San Diego walking on the beach, there's hundreds, thousands of people there, no matter what, everywhere. It's very crowded here. It's very laid back. <laughs> and they don't have a uh, uh, state income tax here. Hmm. Anyway, so it's just been, uh, but God wants us to enjoy life too. So it's always finding the, the balance, no matter what, uh, doing God's will. And if he tells you to give away everything, you give away everything. But as long as you're doing what God wants you to do. Okay. Hi, Father. My sister is so very worried by a YouTube video that we are committing mortal sin by receiving communion in the hand. Please advise. Whoever put that out, the videotape, they're the one in mortal sin because they're leading people astray. As long as the Holy Roman Catholic Church teaches we're allowed to receive communion in the hand, you're allowed to receive communion in the hand. The way the early church did it is they all received communion in the hand. It didn't become commune on a tongue till much later. It wasn't one of the early practices. Now, in, uh, in, let me reverse that. that in some of the um, uh, rites it was, you know, there's some ancient rites in the church. But in the early church, you know, it wasn't like one rite. You know, it wasn't, everybody did it. If you read uh, the early church about how they would say mass, they did it to the best of their ability, it says. Um, if you ever read that. So when people talk about receiving mortal sin, uh, communion in the hand, first of all, all the apostles received communion in the hand. All the early church received communion in the hand. It would be the teaching of the church that that's the way you do it. But you might have some uh, ultra traditional people and priests that say that's the only way to do it. But let me give you a hint. The same people that say that, if it comes between what the 
Your tongue sins more than your hand. I promise you. The judgment, the anger, the foul mouth, the language that comes out of the tongue, and we put our tongue out and just say, oh yeah, I'm more holy than everybody else. Really? Well, the hand, when you have to surrender yourself and you have to beg for something, when you beg, you don't stick your tongue out. When you beg, you put your hand out. So when we come before God and we put our hand out, we're begging him. It's an act of great humility. So we just got to watch when we make judgments. And again, even that can be judgmental, what I just said, of course. But I just want people to know that if it's not the teaching of the church, dismiss it. Like people watch all the time. They'll see these three days of darkness and then they get all afraid. Dismiss it. It's not the official teaching of the church. The only thing, the only thing you should ever be concerned about is what does the church teach? Because only the church has the power to say, first of all, like the, 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 the bread of life is the Eucharist. It was the church that said that. That was the church that said the, the 27 books in the New Testament are the word to God. It was the church that said that. It's the church who says uh, what the rules are, the precepts of the church. Everybody else all has their thing and they like to push it. Always say, look it up. Is it the official teaching of the church? If it's not the official teaching of the church, dismiss it. Have nothing to do with it. The church is always taught the only thing that's necessary for salvation is revelation through the church of Jesus Christ. Okay, so hopefully that helps. But there's a lot of people out there that put that kind of stuff out. You know, like, really, who are you to make that judgment? And besides all that, you, like I've said before, you can never tell someone they were in mortal sin. Why? Because to commit a mortal sin, you need serious matter, full knowledge, and full consent. You, it's wrong, you know it's wrong, you do it anyway. Uh, and so I can promise you, receiving communion in the hand is not... Um, let's go on. I have been invited to several weddings being conducted at a hall or outside being officiated by a Catholic priest. Is the marriage considered a sacramental marriage? I have never heard this before. If the priest is there, uh, yes, it's a sacramental marriage. Uh, some places allow this. You can have marriages on beaches person and they don't feel comfortable in the Catholic Church, you can get permission from the bishop, it's called a dispensation of, uh, uh, get permission from the bishop to be married in a hall, to be married in a synagogue, to be married on a beach. Uh, now, not all places do that. Um, some places do. Like, uh, it can make law. There we go. I don't know what, uh, what is happening. We have been buffering and stopping, so uh, just hold on when it gets like that. We're having turbulence. Anyway, so my thing was, that comes back to about getting married outside or a hall in that. If the, permit, if the bishop permits it, then it's a valid uh, wedding. Okay. Okay. My hope is that the church starts some official teaching about disagreeing respectfully because I hate seeing you and other clergy get abused. Me too. I hate <laughs> That I can tell you the one thing that drives me most crazy is when people of the church just uh, tear me apart for uh, uh, not being orthodox or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's funny how people don't think that we have feelings too and they'll sit there and say something about, well, Father Larry's a jerk. Well, it's true, but you don't have to tell me that, you know, or 
uh, make such judgmental things about. But again, we do what we can. Uh, but we all do that, and so we have to just keep uh, keep going on. Okay. So I love the picture of the guardian angel behind you. Yes, that's a pretty famous old one. Again, I'm in the, I'm in I'm in the rectory. I'm in the offices of the Church of Saint Michael. As a child, I saw my angel, a soldier, standing across the road, holding his hand up to stop me from running. Me too. I froze the bus rolled by. I did the same thing, but it was a car. He saved me. My guardian angel saved me from almost the exact same thing. I heard the priests have two guardian angels. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I never heard that myself, so it could be. Um, I'm so happy that Jesus left us the church to teach us something to obey. In big trouble if it was just me. Well, again, that's why I always say we got to watch that uh, we're officially following the teaching of the church because if not, we're just like Protestants. We're all making up our own stuff and saying this is what Jesus told us, or this is what Blessed Mother said, or this is what this one said. And you, you just got to watch if you're, you know, no one else was promised the gates of hell uh, shall not prevail against it. Just Peter, just the church. That's why again and again I keep sticking up to the Pope because that's the promise of God that through Peter that he will sit there and be the unifier and he will lead us in truth. So again, it's just in the scriptures and because all the other people that uh, go against him come off as so mean and miserable and nasty and say horrible things. And, you know, the, the sin of detraction, which is saying an unkind truth about somebody, can be a mortal sin. Gossip can be a mortal sin. But so you can never sit there and say I'm speaking truth if you're committing mortal sin, right? Because it can't be truthful then. That's why I'm saying to all these people, say, I'm speaking truth, but you're doing it by detraction or gossip, and that's a moral sin. Because I'll sit there and say, well, have you read the, like the article? Or have you read the fullness? Have you just read what some nutty uh, website said? Well, I, I, I trust that website. Well, that's very good. You have your own mind. Read the document, the fullness of it, not people's interpretation of it. huh? Because I read the same documents, and I see an altogether different reality. And it's like, oh, well, I always tell people, read the fullness of the documents. Read the fullness of what's being said, not people's interpretation. So, again, so that's the whole uh, thing here. Okay, the Pope married uh, the Pope married two flight attendants on the papal plane a few years ago. Who knew? Yeah, he, he can. He, it's just church law, and the, who decides what church law is? The Pope. <laughs> He's the ultimate one. Is it buffering for others? Yes. Buffering here? Yes. Um, so, but that's the whole thing. I don't have any more questions, so you have to ask. Oh, ooh, I know Chris sent me a question here on email. Let's go here. Do, 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 two questions. Okay. I have two questions. One, if you're willing, to, um, if you're still having so many issues while you're praying so much each day, then what hope do I have? I'm totally serious. With the man's working family, I'm happy to get an hour of prayer. I'm happy to be even get an hour of prayer time each day. Usually it's much less. And it should be if you're a married man or a married woman. Uh, it just scares me to put in so much prayer time, but still completely lose it at times. <laughs> Again, I do a whole hour every day and I lose it constantly. Why? Because of our own humanity. Like I was 
and last night. You know, my issues I have, um, um, again, was a good man, uh, an alcoholic, and being abused, always going to be a wounded individual. But, you know, as um, one of the things that, um, what was his name, uh, you know, he wrote the book, Compassion, and he also wrote a book called The Wounded Healer, that, uh, you know, the most powerful moment in the life of Jesus Christ wasn't when he's performing miracles or preaching. The most powerful moment of Jesus Christ when he was nailed to a cross and died. That was the most powerful moment of all eternity. The God of the universe became one of us and died on the cross to set us free from our sins. It was a very weak moment but he chose it. Even though in his weakness the day before, he begged God to let this cup pass him by. That which would bring salvation to the whole world. He still struggled in his humanity. So there's something about Jesus being the God of the universe and getting into our skin and understanding our struggle and not despairing when we get to be people who are very human. You know, again, St. Paul would beg God three times. You know, let this uh, take away this thorn in the flesh. Now, the thorn in the flesh, you know, people have debated it for years. Most people think it was epilepsy or blindness or one of these other things. Other people think it was his own just weakness. But I know that when um, I am weak, that God can still do powerful things. Powerful things. And if I wasn't weak, if I didn't have my uh, outbursts and everything else, I'd even be a more prideful individual than I am now. <laughs> Can you imagine? So it, uh, the weakness is one of the things that uh, uh, keeps me grounded. But we never okay sin. But again, know that uh, you get better and better, you know, and that's the whole thing. You just got to keep counting on God and be patient with yourself and know that uh, even when you pray a lot, I've, I've literally come out of my whole yards very peaceful and exploded because something, you know, and it's like, really, really, really? Is this the way I am? And Jesus said, this is what you are without me. Because <sighs> sometimes I leave God in my whole yard and don't take him with me. And that can be the issue. So hopefully that helps. And then there's another one here. I know you like to listen to K-Love. I listen to Christ-centered music, yeah. And that Christian music is a way better than it used to be decades ago, but I can only take so much of it before wanting to pull my hair out. I don't know if you have that much. Oh, yeah, you do. Okay. I love the grunge music back from when I was in high school in the early 90s. Bands like South Soundgarden, I haven't even heard of them. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it speaks to me way more than K-Love music. be honest, I'm horrible with lyrics, so much more horror, more than melodies, etc. Again, I just, like I was talking to one of my spiritual directors about this the other day, and I says, um, you know, like I listen to it because I want to be more in love with Jesus. So it helps me to stay focused on him and praise him and honor him. and It helps me get out of bad moods uh, a lot of times uh, when I can sit there. And uh, because I'm a big one, what I listen to can really change me because what you think is what you feel. And so I really need things to change my stinking thinking. And scriptures uh, in, in songs can do that. Um, or like I, I love to go, sometimes I go back to, uh, you know, there's a, a book I, I encourage people to read a lot by 
Andy Andrews. And Andy Andrews' book is called The Traveler's Gift. And there's also, uh, he has the, 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 ten, uh, the 10 Secrets. And I'll go back and I'll listen to those things or read those things because it refocuses me and resets things up for me. But I encourage you, those people out there, if you've never read the book uh, by Andy Andrews, same, he has two, two first names, Andy Andrew Andrews, Andy Andrews, the, called The Traveler's Gift. It's a fantastic book. I encourage people to read it a lot, and I've read it again and again. And so that can help you. But again, I also listen to uh, other music. Of course I will, um, depending on how I feel or what I'm going through or what. Uh, if I'm, you know, need a break. Like, I love, like I talked about before, I love The Chosen. But I've only watched three or four episodes because i got to be ready for that, you know. So, and I watch other TV, too. Now, not all of it is going to bring me closer to Jesus. So, uh, I just have to watch and be discerning. But still focus on uh, things as I can. Okay. Let me go back to, hopefully those are the two questions there. Let me just get back to... Do, 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 all the questions here now. Okay. Father Larry, I believe you said in the past, stay away from church militant. Church militant, uh, so we had a, uh, a big squabble years ago, but we both came to agreements with each other. Um, and like, they, we don't agree with each other all the time, but uh, enough said, you know, so... Um, they are doing what they feel that God wants them to do. I'm doing what God feels that I want me to do. But again, but we came to agreement a couple of years ago, and uh, we have peace, and we want to keep peace. Okay. I remember Bishop Barron calling out calamity. Yep. Uh, detraction, calamity, it's all the same thing. Bishop Barron did a whole thing about mortal sinfulness of it all. Henry Nouwen, exactly. That who the author is. Henry Nouwen. He was. Henry Nouwen had some great, great, great stuff. To this day, one of the uh, most important books I think I read when I was being formed in seminary, seminary was Henry Nouwen's book called uh, Compassion. And I always thought compassion was just, you know, being like helpful to people. <laughs> compassion means to suffer with somebody. So to be compassionate with means you suffer with them. And that was very challenging to me. Another one of the there's a bunch of books that formed me, but the three main ones was that one, another one by Catherine Dewick Doherty. And she got, she has a book called The Gospel Without Compromise. And that book was just one of those books that, like I read it in seminary and every, uh, every page I had to put it down because she'd kick me in the stomach. And that's what I need because uh, sometimes I think that I have a corner on, oh, I have a good thought about this stuff, you know, and I know it. And then she would just sit there and hit me with things like, nope, you don't know anything. And uh, we got to stop being afraid of people and love them and give our life for people. But the Gospel that I Compromise is one of the most challenging books and one of the most uh, favorite books I ever read. But the first spiritual book I read that really had a big impact on me um, was a book by a guy named Carlos Corretto. Carlos Corretto. And uh, his book was called uh, Letters from the Desert. Letters from the Desert. And I remember reading that, and that's where the whole uh, call to love uh, became like, okay, this is what we got to do as followers of Jesus. You know, again, what, did, what do you think it is to be a follower of Jesus? To be a follower of Jesus.
Jesus, of course, means that um, we're his disciples and we obey him in all things. We don't fit him into our life and try to get Jesus to agree with what I want to do. We become slaves to him. We exist to please him. And again, like last night at the mission, I said, so what does that mean? And Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 34, this is my commandment, love one another as I have loved you. And then chapter, I mean, verse 35, chapter 13, the very next line says, this is how all people will know you are my disciples because you love each other. So I said last night and I've said, so you can go to daily mass. You can say a rosary every day, divine mercy chaplet. You can do a holy hour every day. If you do not love others, you're going to hell. <laughs> they always go, oh, and it's true. Did you hear that? Should I say it again? You can go to mass, do a holy hour, rosary, divine mercy chaplet. If you do not love others, you're going to hell. Why? Because you're not obeying Jesus. Jesus said, all people will know you are my disciples. So, again, what does it mean to be a disciple? How do people know that we're disciples? If I say a rosary every day, I can be an atheist and say a rosary every day. Huh? But you should say a rosary every day. By doing Divine Mercy Chapel, I can be an atheist and do that. By doing a holy hour, I can be an atheist and sit in the chapel every day. But to be a disciple, to obey him in all things, and he begins with, all people know you're my disciples because you love one another. Love isn't, again, it's not about tiptoeing through the tulips and just being nice. Love is dying for other people. Being generous with our money, being generous with our time, putting other people in front of us. It's hard to be an atheist and do that because you got to die. Huh? So anyway, let's go on. Do, 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 Henry Arthur. Our Father Larry, our hope is in the name of the Lord. How can you help people who cannot discern the Holy Spirit? They have to pray for the Holy Spirit. You know, it's not so much a discerning of the Holy Spirit. You need the Spirit first. And then once you got the Holy Spirit, by baptism, confirmation, you got to surrender. So that's why St. Paul would say to Timothy, I encourage you to fan into a flame the gift of God gave you when we laid our hands upon you. So you got to surrender the Spirit. So for me, that's why, again, I constantly, like tonight, I'll give out this prayer, which you can't see. But anyway, there you go. Uh, but it's uh, the, the prayer of the Holy Spirit. And so this is from Cardinal Mercier. And again, I've read it before, but so I will have the people take this prayer and pray it every day for the rest of their lives. That's the thing when I give them tonight. And it says, Oh, Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me, guide me, strengthen me, console me, tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you desire of me and to accept all that you permit to happen to me. Let me only know your will. So if you say a prayer, this prayer, uh, uh, prayer uh, to the Holy Spirit, can be your own prayer, can be St. Augustine's prayer, can be the church's prayer, you're fanning into a flame that gift, and then you can discern God's will better. Hope that helps. You're looking pretty cool with that new hairdo, hairdo Father. Oh, yeah. Uh, hanging out with Bear Wozniak. I think why I have it. It's just I haven't had a haircut in about uh, a month and a half because my uh, barber ended up with COVID and then he had uh, other issues. So uh, I had to cut my hair myself again and then I haven't had a chance to do it. 
And that's why there's all that hair up here like that. And it's a little bit longer in the sides. But anyway, it's all vanity anyway. Vanity, vanity, vanity. Um, talking about me. Okay. Paul, I heard about a priest who used the wrong word in baptizing dozens of babies and how now the diocese says the baptisms are not valid. Why is that? <laughs> it drives me crazy. <laughs> Why? Even the Pope says you got to use the valid words. So, but what that makes us look like is it makes us look uh, um, that God is contained or God has to do it. This is the only way God can give the grace. You know, it happened last year. They found out a priest was baptized and they changed the word. So they said he was invalidly baptized. So they rebaptized him, confirmed him first communion and reordained him. Um, and again, to me, it's very legalistic. I think God's bigger than that. That is the teaching of the church. And so I always go by Nobody cares what I think. It's official teaching of the church that you have to use the words. The words are so powerful that even if an atheist says the words, like if you're dying and like you're a prisoner of war and you're dying and you want to be baptized and you haven't been baptized and there's someone there that's an atheist or someone there is a Buddhist and you ask them to baptize you and you tell them this is what you got to say. I baptize you in the name of the Father. I John, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bam. Uh, you are baptized. You're fully brought in. So the words have power. Um, but if you say, like that priest said, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, then that breaks the, the form. And uh, so that's official teaching of church. So I'll support and uh, back up all the teaching of the church. I myself think it's a little legalistic. Um, I believe God is bigger than that, but it doesn't matter what Father Larry Richards thinks, now does it? It matters what God and his church thinks. And that, again, that's in all things. It doesn't matter what anybody teach, uh, thinks, it matters what the church officially teaches. So the church officially teaches, but you are correct. Yes, instead of I saying I baptize you, the priest said we baptize thee. Yep, correct. Good day, Father. Please, can you explain what it means when Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's and to taste society? Well, to give to God what is God is what? Everything. To give to Caesar is Caesar is what? Money or whatever. That's why we have to pay taxes um, because it's given to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And again, in, even in the old church, the early church, when you read the Acts of the Apostles, you read the letters, it says, be obedient to the government. Be obedient to those who are in charge. And it says, uh, and think about when they were saying this, they were being persecuted and killed by these people. Whoa. You know, and so it's kind of like, really? And so uh, so you got to give, you know, so the, the, the argument was, should, you have to, should a Jew pay taxes? And that's when he says, okay, let me see the coin. And he says, whose inscriptions on this? And they says, Caesar. Well, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. So money belongs to the government, if you will, because it's their picture on it. But God, everything, everything belongs to God. And so sometimes, like again, as we were talking at the mission the first night, I says, isn't it amazing? God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And then Paul, I mean, John later says, 
in his letters have no love for the world or the things of the world. And often, Christians, Catholics, love the things of the world, but not the people of the world, huh? which is the exact opposite. So when you love the things of the world, love the things of the world, you are letting Caesar become God. You cannot love the things of this world. You're called to love the people of the world because God does. So when John says, have no love for the world, he doesn't mean people because that would go against what Jesus said about the Father. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So we got to love the world, but the world's the people of the world. The things of the world, we should not love. We can use them for God's glory, and we can use them for helping others, but we can't love them. And that's what Jesus is trying to remind us. You love God above all things. You love God above all things. You love God above all things with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And then the things of this world, we don't love them. We use them for his glory. But you give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, just money. But you belong to give to God what belongs to God, which is everything. Huh? Okay, hopefully that helps. Um, thank you, that's what people need, the Holy Spirit. You know, absolutely, that's what people need, the Holy Spirit. Okay, as we come to the end of our time, Again, pray for me tonight and for the people we're speaking to. Tonight's the night of healing, so we pray for God's healing. We anoint people with St. Joseph's oil, and great miracles can happen, so your prayers will even help that happen more. Please pray, continue to pray for my mother, that God's will will be done, that he will give her peace and comfort no matter what. Pray for my family, if you would. Pray for my travel back tomorrow, um, that God would uh, give us protection over the whole two flights where I go here from here to Atlanta and then Atlanta to Pittsburgh and I'll see my mother tomorrow and do that and again like uh, this morning when I said mass and did my holy hour here I remembered you and I remembered your intentions as I do every day and then at night before I go to bed and I pray again I remember you and your intentions so uh, we're just going to keep praying for each other and as we keep praying for each other one day we'll all be together God willing and we'll all be saints of heaven so bring some hope to others. Bring some light to others. The world needs it. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.